murder on the speedway. The year was 1965, a time of high-speed dreams and roaring engines at the Riverside Raceway, a legendary track nestled in the heart of California. The smell of burning rubber hung heavy in the air, mingling with the excitement of the crowd. It was the pinnacle of the racing season, and the stars of the motorsport world had gathered for the prestigious Riverside 500. Among the contenders was a rising star, Jake, the ace, Anderson, a young and charismatic race car driver whose talent on the track had taken the racing world by storm. With his slick black hair and devil-may-care smile, Jake had become a fan favorite, and his chances of winning the Riverside 500 had everyone buzzing. As the day of the race dawned, the atmosphere was electric. The grandstands were filled to capacity, and the pit area was a hive of activity. Jake's team, led by his trusty crew chief, Frank Pops Thompson, had worked tirelessly to prepare the sleek, black number 7 car for the race. The anticipation was palpable as Jake climbed into the cockpit, his blue eyes filled with determination. But as the race got underway, it became clear that something was amiss. Jake's car, a well-oiled machine, seemed to be struggling. It faltered on straightaways and sputtered in the corners, leaving him lagging behind the competition. The crowd's cheers turned to gasps of disbelief as Jake's once-promising lead faded. In the pit area, Pops and the rest of the team were baffled. They had gone over every inch of the car, and there was no mechanical explanation for its sudden poor performance. Pops, a grizzled veteran of the racing world, couldn't shake the feeling that something was seriously wrong. As the laps ticked away, Jake's frustration grew. He radioed the pit, his voice tinged with anger and confusion. Pops, I can't explain it. The car just won't respond. It's like someone's tampered with it. Pops' eyes narrowed, and he shot a glance at the rest of the crew. Get ready for a pit stop, Jake. We'll take a closer look. Jake pulled into the pit area, and the team swarmed around the car, trying to diagnose the problem. But it was what they found under the hood that sent shockwaves through the pit. A thin wire had been carefully severed, hidden amongst the maze of wires and cables. It was a delicate job, one that required precision and knowledge of the car's inner workings. Pops knew immediately that this was no accident, someone had sabotaged the car. As Jake's chances of victory slipped away, the whispers in the crowd grew louder. Who would want to see Jake Anderson fail? The list of suspects was long, from rival drivers to envious fans, but Pops couldn't shake the feeling that the answer was closer to home. The race ended with Jake limping across the finish line, far from the victory he had hoped for. The disappointment in his eyes was evident as he climbed out of the car, and Pops couldn't bear to see it. He knew they had to get to the bottom of this sabotage, and quickly. Over the next few days, Pops and Jake delved into the world of racing intrigue. They interviewed fellow drivers, mechanics, and even the die-hard fans who frequented the track. Everyone had their theories, but nothing seemed to add up. One name that kept coming up was Benny, the snake, Rossi, a rival driver known for his ruthless competitiveness. Benny had been trailing Jake closely in the standings, and some believed he might do anything to gain an advantage. Pops couldn't ignore the possibility, but he also knew that Benny wasn't the only one with a motive. As they continued their investigation, Pops and Jake discovered another curious detail. A series of cryptic notes had been left in Jake's trailer, each one more ominous than the last. You can't outrun your past, read one, while another said, the ace is about to crash and burn. The handwriting was neat, deliberate, and it sent a chill down Pops' spine. The notes only deepened the mystery. It seemed that someone was determined to destroy Jake's career, and they were willing to go to great lengths to do it.
The tension at the Riverside Raceway was palpable as the next race approached. Jake was determined to prove that he was not a quitter, and the sabotage only fueled his fire. Pops, on the other hand, couldn't shake the feeling that they were playing a dangerous game, one with stakes higher than they could imagine. As the race began, Jake's car roared to life with a newfound power. The pit stop had fixed the damage, and he was back in the competition. But the tension in the pit area was still thick, and Pops couldn't relax. He kept a close eye on the team, suspecting that the saboteur might be lurking in their midst. The race was a nail-biter, with Jake and Benny neck and neck as they tore around the track. The crowd was on their feet, and the roar of the engines drowned out everything else. But as they approached the final lap, disaster struck. Jake's car, seemingly in perfect condition, suddenly spun out of control, crashing into the wall with a deafening impact. The crowd fell silent as the dust settled, and Pop's heart sank as he saw the crumpled wreckage of the number 7 car. Emergency crews rushed to the scene, and as they extracted Jake from the mangled wreckage, it was clear that his injuries were severe. The once promising young driver was now fighting for his life. Pops watched in horror as the ambulance sped away from the track, its sirens wailing. The race was halted, and the Riverside Raceway, once a place of triumph and celebration, had become a scene of tragedy. In the days that followed, Pops couldn't shake the feeling that Jake's accident was no accident at all. It was too precise, too deliberate. Someone had wanted to ensure that Jake would never race again, and they had succeeded. As Pops continued to investigate, he uncovered a web of secrets and rivalries that ran deep in the racing world. It seemed that nearly everyone had a motive to see Jake fail, but one name stood out above the rest, Benny the Snake Rossi. Benny had not only been Jake's closest competitor, but he had also been seen near the pit area just before the race, under the pretense of wishing Jake luck. Pops couldn't ignore the circumstantial evidence, and he knew he had to confront Benny. But as he approached Benny's trailer, he was met with a surprise. Benny was dead, his lifeless body sprawled on the floor, a single gunshot wound to the head. The murder weapon, a small revolver, lay next to him. Pop's mind raced as he called the authorities. Had Benny been the saboteur all along? Or had someone else silenced him to prevent him from revealing the truth? The investigation took a dark turn as the authorities delved into Benny's life. It seemed he had his own share of secrets, from gambling debts to shady dealings with a notorious loan shark. Pops couldn't help but wonder if Benny's death was related to the sabotage of Jake's car or if it was an entirely separate matter. As the days turned into weeks, the mystery only deepened. Jake, though recovering, was left with no memory of the events leading up to the crash. Pops found himself grappling with a seemingly unsolvable puzzle, with more questions than answers. The racing community, once a tight-knit family, was torn apart by suspicion and fear. No one knew who to trust, and the sense of camaraderie that had once defined the sport had vanished. Pops continued to dig, determined to uncover the truth. He interviewed everyone connected to the case, from fellow drivers to mechanics, from fans to the authorities. But every lead seemed to lead to a dead end, and he couldn't shake the feeling that he was missing something crucial. Then, one evening, as Pops was going over the case files one more time, he stumbled upon a detail that sent a shiver down his spine. In the security footage from the day of the race, he noticed a figure lurking in the shadows near the pit area, a figure he had overlooked before. The person was wearing a mechanic's uniform, blending in seamlessly with the crew. But something about their demeanor struck Pops as odd, and he couldn't ignore the nagging feeling that they held the key to the mystery. Pops traced the figure's movements on the security footage, and his heart raced as he realized that they had been near Jake's car just before the race. 
They had the opportunity to sabotage it, and they had gone unnoticed by everyone. With newfound determination, Pop set out to identify the mysterious figure. He combed through the records of the pit crew, searching for any irregularities. And then, he found it, a fake name on the crew roster, someone who didn't belong. Pops confronted the imposter, a young mechanic named Eddie. Eddie had been hired by the team just before the race, and no one had questioned his presence. But as Pops pressed him for answers, Eddie's demeanor grew increasingly nervous. I was just doing what I was told, Eddie stammered, sweat glistening on his forehead. They promised me a lot of money if I did it. Pops knew he was onto something. He pressed Eddie for details, and the mechanic finally cracked. He confessed that he had been paid by a mysterious figure to sabotage Jake's car. He didn't know the person's name, but he described them as a tall, imposing figure who had warned him never to speak of the arrangement. With this new information, Pops contacted the authorities, and an investigation into the shadowy figure was launched. As they dug deeper, they uncovered a web of corruption and conspiracy that reached far beyond the racing world. The pieces of the puzzle finally began to fall into place. The saboteur had not been Benny Rossi, as many had suspected, but rather a hired hand, manipulated by a hidden mastermind. The motive behind the sabotage was revealed to be a complex scheme involving insurance fraud, illegal gambling, and a web of debts that threatened to ruin the lives of many. But the identity of the mastermind remained a mystery, a shadowy figure who had managed to evade capture. Pops and the authorities were determined to bring them to justice, but their trail grew cold as the weeks turned into months. As the racing season continued, the memory of the Riverside 500 and the mysterious sabotage began to fade. Jake, determined to make a triumphant return, worked tirelessly to rebuild his career. And the racing community, though scarred by the events of that fateful day, began to heal. But Pops couldn't let go of the case. He continued to search for clues, to follow leads, and to uncover the truth. And one day, as he was going through old records, he stumbled upon a name, a name that sent a shockwave of recognition through him. The killer all along was. Okay, folks, so uh, Murder on the Speedway. Um, welcome to a new episode. Of the exact same thing. Of the exact same thing, except slightly different, except not. <laughs> Tons of rivalries, secrets. Shadowy figures. Shadowy figures, Days definitely. Days into weeks. Months, Another Jake. Thank months God. turning into years. Oh God. Yeah. It's become quite apparent as we're going through these that although sometimes these stories are kind of interesting, like you know, we. I think this one has a nice twist. The, the twist was nice. Yeah. No, I I think the killer isn't my opinion, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, there's only four people in the goddamn story. Mm-hmm. It's either gonna be nobody, mm-hmm. or some unknown, or it's some the unknown. shadowy figure. Yeah. Fuck. It was. You know what? It was Jesus. I think that the killer is Jesus. No? No. Okay. Okay. So we've got Jace. Jace. I just combined his nickname. Jake. So we've got Jake, the ace. We've got Frank Jeez. Pops Thompson, who's the chief in the pit crew, who is apparently the person who is uh, also a part-time detective. <laughs> we've got Benny the Snake. Yeah, he's the snake. He's um, dead, though. And he's the one, yeah. Oh, that was a nice twist, actually. Yeah. So well, you let's think talk it's going to be yeah. Jake. Yeah. But then they're like, ha ha, no, it's Benny. Joke's on you. Benny the Snakes. So here's my first theory, is that Benny got hired and then somebody shot him. Because he failed to kill him, maybe? No. Okay, this is my reveal. I think Jake is guilty. Honestly, I was thinking the same damn thing. Yeah. I, I think say. Jake set this all in motion. So officially, we're just, I mean, 
This is probably the earliest ever that we're predicting this, right. this shit, but like, we're gonna say it's relevant. We're gonna say it's Jake. I mean, the only other people that were in it, uh, let me see here, look at my notes. Uh, the shadowy figure. There was the shadowy figure. There was the, the person named Eddie on the uh, mechanic crew. Right, which he was hired from someone. Yeah. So he and was the. That's, so we know it's not him, but we're trying to figure out who. So one of them's dead, Benny. One of them was hired, Eddie. Uh, Pops is investigating this, and it literally only leaves Jake. Benny and Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Jake and Frank. And Shadows. And Shadows. It's the whole damn character. Unless um, this is like a Stranger Things episode, it ain't Shadows. No, it's the Shadow Man. It's the Boogie Man. No. I think, I mean, overall, wasn't terrible, but I am getting, it's getting I, a little tiring like hearing the, the same phrases. If this is the twist, it's actually a more interesting killer reveal. I just wish there were more options to choose from so that it was like a little bit more of a, <gasps> oh my God, it was the butler. Oh, Jake. Oh. oh, you know what? Maybe it's an Emily. Maybe <laughs> you know the shadowy it's figure definitely, is an Emily. You know what? It's, it's just... a, we're, call, we're calling that too, right? Yeah. It's either going to be Jake, the ace, or... Jace. Smemily. Sh- no. Shmemily. Kemily. Killer Emily. Kill it. I like this. Yes. I like this. All right. Anyway. Let's, let's see who let's did it. Let's find out yes. if it's good. That's or it's if probably, it's Emily. Let's find out if this sucks. Wait, it does. Boop, boop. No. All right, folks. Well, I guess. No. <laughs> we found out who did it, but. Uh, no. Yeah, I th- okay, I'm going to go with... This is some bullshit. I'm going to go with our answer because it's so much better. No. Like, Jake just makes so much more sense. I'm just going to read it out loud. So, the killer all along was Eddie, the young mechanic who had been manipulated into sabotaging Jake's car by a shadowy mastermind. Who hired Eddie? And I did ask the AI that question. And it just said, the investigation into Betty's murder revealed that he was killed by a rival with his connections to organized crime, seeking to eliminate a troubleshooting It's the competitor. mafia, gang. The killer of this episode is the mafia. I mean, they did mention insurance fraud and gambling debts, but like, again... Boo this man! This isn't... This isn't what we... No, what we hoped it would be. This is certainly not. And, uh... This and, is yeah. trash. This but... Is, you know what? An Emily would have been better than this. I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I mean, anyway. All right, folks. So I hope you at least enjoyed the uh, no the unenjoyable with this stuff. And as we go again, I'm gonna continuously try and make this the most entertaining thing possible. And if it's shit, then we're just gonna trash talk it and have a good time. Well, um, here's to the next one. We're gonna forget this one happened just like the other five. No, those two of them were good. One of them. one and a half I think one and a half we'll go with that alright okay thank you all take care murder by algorithm